Hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Opening Set Podcast. This is the voice of King Most. As always, my man, John Ray, is in the house, making sure this thing runs as smooth as possible. This is a season three recap. Now, mind you, it's a little shorter season. We were actually going to go to LA and interview a bunch of other DJ friends of ours, but because of COVID, it was cut short. But we still want to kind of follow you know, our practices and still give you a highlight reel. They could either pass around to uh, friends that haven't discovered opening set or kind of maybe rediscover favorite moments that you really enjoyed. These are some of our favorite things that have been kind of circling in our minds since we've recorded these episodes so far. And with that being said, you can find opening set on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, and where else you get your podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Just, you know, mention to us to your friends. You're talking about good podcasts to kind of enjoy during the quarantine. Why don't you say, hey, these guys, they do this thing called opening set. Check it out. We'd be very, very appreciative. As always, you can find us in other spots. I go by Hey King Most on Twitch and IG, and under King Most on the SoundCloud and Bandcamp. My man John Reyes is Stank Palmer on all uh, social medias. That's Twitch, Instagram. But on Bandcamp, he did all the 180 on us. He just goes by John Reyes, J-O-N-R-E-Y-E-S. And I say that because he makes some amazing remixes as well. All right, let's get into this whole uh, you know recap highlight reel. And in our first episode for season three, we link up with our dude, Cutso of the Bangers, San Jose, California's very own. In this conversation, I remember we were sitting outside at his home. We're talking about Polo and his dad and actually wanting to quit DJing. And in the conversation, I asked him about problematic artists. And I think we all know, you know, a guy like R. Kelly is totally like, do not play him. He should never be heard in public again. But we have those artists where I think a lot of us kind of have to stop and think, what should I do? You know, I struggle with this a lot. You know, I've been very uh, adamant about not playing Kanye West while my friends play Kanye West. Does that mean they are bad people? No. Does that mean I'm, I'm a better person? Absolutely not. But everyone has their personal line. So kind of ask a DJ that I respect and someone I respect as a human, kind of share his thought process and what to do and how to deal with it, which is good to hear. So maybe you get some uh, context as well for this type of situation. So I know you like a lot of music. We talk about Prince. And I know just knowing you on a personal level and i know you have this love for the cure right yeah. but also the smiths and yeah this is, and i think you, can, you may know what i'm gonna ask and i ask you this because yeah i love you as a friend i know you have a very good heart and you being from san jose which has a huge you know latino specifically chicano brown population how do you feel um, john and i talked about some way on the way over here about morrissey because obviously i don't you know we can we all know why he'd be very problematic especially in 2019 how do you reconcile? Are you really just simply of the separate the art from the artist person? Um, you know, I could say yes, but it depends from case to case. Okay. Like but specifically Morrissey. Our, Morrissey, I mean, he's a bigot. He's an asshole. He's a dickhead to his fans. Uh-huh. He's a racist. He's a racist. A xenophobe. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. a xenophobe, but yeah. I can't say that I was the hugest Smiths fan or the hugest Morrissey fan. Uh-huh. I love their music. Yeah. I was raised on the Smiths. Meet His Murder is like one of my favorite albums. Yeah, it's the one Smith album I, I know and I like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I was never really too keen on him as a person because mm-hmm. I always knew about his antics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I always had more of a connection with with The Cure. Okay. Yeah, but so, I mean, I was raised on Smiths too. Yeah. So, so and now you just you play his music and like, yeah, I know this guy sucks, but yeah, he doesn't suck at making music. Right. Yeah. 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 But I wouldn't do the same for R. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no. like I guess I guess I base it on the sins that they commit. Yeah, you know, and not to say that racism and you know like xenophobia is lower on my agenda, but I'll play a Morrissey song before I play an R. Kelly song. Yeah, I was I asked that not because I want to like get on a gotcha question because I personally struggle with it all the time. Yeah, we all do. And yeah. if you don't admit to it, then yeah. you're lying to yourself. 
even recording this right now, you know, John and I are talking about, you know, what we just shared with Cutso. And I think we'll never really have a clear, concise answer on yes or no on an artist. But I think the clear, concise answer is that we should have that dialogue with ourselves and be critical of artists and be aware of what we're playing and what we're kind of representing. Just aware of that power we have is something to be very mindful of. So I think that alone, I think if we do that kind of checking with ourselves every so often, I think we'll be in a, you know, maybe, I don't know about a better place, but a more self-aware area when it comes to DJing. But I get it. Sometimes we just want to play jams and, you know, enjoy music and escape and separate the art from the artist. That's totally a valid thing, too. I, like I said, I don't think there's ever anything really wrong or right. It just, I just prefer people who are a little more critical and thoughtful about uh, what they're playing and what they're consuming. And our following guest in season three was the dude, Uproot Andy, who is, if you don't know, he's a producer, remixer, and just a champion of great black and brown music from the diaspora. We had an awesome talk. I think we are talking about traveling. Remember that, by the way. Um, you know, the, the roots of kind of reggaeton and, and Latin and Brazilian and, and black music globally, and just other kind of, uh, you know, zany moments. I think we talked about you know him being a former backpack rapper, and I was very, I was very pleased to hear that. But this segment, uh, I like this part because it really kind of reminded me of something I forgot about is traveling as a DJ. And when you go to local scenes, whether it's another country, another city, another party in a different kind of subculture of your own town, it's kind of figuring out, okay, how do I please the crowd without being pandering, but also making sure I throw in my type of, you know, what I think are jams. So Abra Andy, who's very well traveled, breaks it down. No, I mean, it definitely is in my thought process. So I definitely think about the local audience every time before a gig. But at the same time, yeah, I'm not trying to necessarily just do what I think they like already, of course. You know, like it's always about I want to present what I do, play like the music I've been working on and making and love, and then find the music that will relate that maybe to a more local context you know basically all of our music is interconnected already so like anything in brazil basically is somehow related to also north american music because it's all black music basically right anything in the americas caribbean europe and africa essentially right so you know just finding those connections and making it kind of make sense to the local context so at opening set, we're still a DJ podcast, the heart of it. And the reason why I like that segment is because it kind of highlights a lot of disappointment I've had when I've seen other DJs come from different parts of the country or the world, come to your scene, just play the most safest hits. That will work. Don't get me wrong. So an example is we're in the Bay Area. A DJ from outside comes and plays, time to go and blow the whistle and I got five on it. And it just seems like such like a lazy pandering moment. So when it's done right, you know, I saw Upper Nanny that night, he played music from Colombia where he spends a lot of time, music that he plays uh, in New York City, which has a strong Puerto Rican, you know, uh, connection. To hear all that live in San Francisco, it's like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. We're getting like a glimpse and we're getting a, a sense of music that comes from these different areas that we wouldn't normally hear of, but because this DJ is actually trying, now we kind of get it. Another example is, you know, in the Twitch universe, that is kind of the new standard is seeing a DJ do it. Like an example would be JMKM. She's from Toronto. And when she goes and plays, you know, Toronto artists and not just like Drake or OVO, it's like, oh, okay, this is what I'm talking about. We get a sense of what music really kind of gets people moving 
that we wouldn't, we wouldn't normally have exposure to. When it's done right, it's like the best thing ever. And I think that's what it, you know, it's kind of the heart of it. It's, it's sharing music and music discovery and connecting your world with somebody else's. And our next guest was our dude, DJ Theory, who's now chilling on a farm, being a rad dad and, you know, doing all the other holistic things that we all should be doing in the conversation we talk legal battles with remixes and and you know putting out work and and kind of transitioning to a different lifestyle and he did this really cool thing where he talked about just you know being aware of what you consume and what do you do online and what do you kind of what do you kind of put in your thoughts you know as somebody that has definitely kind of fallen through the trap of metrics and comparing myself to others and you know getting my joy robbed of it it was really kind of cool to have somebody lay it all out. So I guess two things I wanted, this comes to mind. So these distractions, could it be this thing where we look on social media, we look at bookings, it's like, oh man, we were kind of talking about it earlier, that or looking at SoundCloud plays and all these metrics, yeah. not just affect DJs, but just like people, creative people across the board or people that are really, that are kind of wild and wooed by metrics. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you meant by distracted? That is a piece of it. And that for me means consuming, because yeah. just overconsumption of everything, and part of that is social media, and then the offshoot of that is comparing ourselves to others, and that's just toxic, and it's something that we all do. And I'd like to say I do less of it, and that's that's one piece of the distraction. The other is just like you know late nights and boozing and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Also, you've lost a bunch of weight, so that's kind of part of this whole uh, maybe this kind of recharge of reset. Of, of, sure. Of yeah. 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 Um, that's just because I want to feel good, you know? And yeah. it's part of this whole lifestyle package of feeling good about myself and mm-hmm. losing weight has been a nice bonus, but oh, it okay. wasn't really like the goal. Of yeah. So what are like, I guess, uh, maybe two gems you kind of tell the listeners, especially our DJ producer friends, that they can maybe, I don't know, they can maybe do or in practice or a philosophy or something they can take on to kind of make their careers or lives a little better. Sure. Um, how we treat ourselves is just so important, you know, and the negative self-talk and the limiting beliefs that we all really, it's just such a big part of our lives. And I think that a lot of us don't really know that because we are a little bit distracted because we're either like hungover or maybe looking at our phones and just, you know, numbing ourselves to the fact that we're actually unhappy with our lives. So, you know, I've just taken baby steps along the way of like, if I'm not happy with something in my life, instead of being like, oh, I'm just going to numb it with something. And that thing could be as simple as looking at Instagram, right? I'm going to actually take a moment and see if I can change it, you know? And realize that it's not going to come from any motherfucker other than myself. And it's taken a while for me to get to that point. But like once, once I really drew a line in the sand and was like, I'm done, you know? Then I kind of have reached a point now where... I've given myself the space to like allow myself to do that by not having the distractions of living in such a dope city. We see the word self-care kind of thrown around. It's like this cheap buzzword. You know, it's even like used in marketing and ads and whatnot. So to see our dude theory, like address it, kind of break it down and give us like practical real world advice, how to go about it, how to care for ourselves. was like, really thoughtful and really impactful because again otherwise it's just kind of shouted out like a platitude i've definitely been someone that's compared numbers and metrics and careers and all these other things and i'm not the only person i know everyone does it too so to kind of like have somebody go be mindful of your consumption i'm like yeah i should be more mindful of what i do and our next guest was our dude gordo cabeza you probably know him as the founder of motown on mondays in our little chat we talked about a lot of things but in this segment 
I pulled this little quote because it's a good reminder of why we do events. I know we kind of get hyped up in the uh, in the allure of being the star and you know getting worshipped at the DJ altar, but I don't know, it just kind of reminds us of why we kind of do this in the begin to begin with. You know, like it's to serve the greater good and the community and not just ourselves. Mm-hmm. So is this kind of the idea of like creating like a musical safe space, like creating something that they feel familiar and welcome every week? Yeah, so when I started it, there was a lot of selfish reason in it. You know, I was wanting to get away from the club weekend stuff. I just wanted a night to reconnect. I'd gotten older. I'd already been like DJing clubs for like 15 years and wanted to play music that I listened to as a kid and like reconnect with it. And that was like really the main, main focus. And then when I saw literally on the first night, you know, these other people that were so like, oh my gosh, I've been missing this and I need this. And it was Monday. Mondays are infamous for, you know, being hated. So it was like, I want to create the most comfortable and, you know, relaxing, you know, enjoyable space on a Monday as I possibly can. So, you know, I was like cleaning tables and, you know, making sure the place looked nice. And, and then also with the thought of Motown, I always thought it was, you know, such a classy entity that I wanted to like treat it with that kind of care, you know, and like attention to detail. So I ended up adding massage and, you know. Yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how can, you know, how can we make this even more special, you know? Like some people don't want to dance. Maybe they just need a break, you know? We added massage and food, you know, at different points. And yeah, I just make it like a home feeling type space. I always knew that like it was kind of a, a tribute to my mother and my like, not just my mother, but like family that listened to that music and the reason I listened to the music. So. Aside from just being like a reminder to kind of recalibrate of why we do this, also something to think about as we go forth. And if you're going to be online streaming on whether it's Instagram or Twitch or Facebook, kind of take that same philosophy to heart. Okay, I want to do something. It's not being service to the community. How can I make that happen? And yes, there's a little bit of risk and there's a lot of fear, which I get, totally natural. Um, but there is a reward at that. So just think about that the next time you're trying to create something for yourself and for other people. And our next guest was DJ Plattern, you know, DJ extraordinaire, record head, and also the booker for Hello Stranger in Oakland. Now, we're in quarantine, we're not DJing, we might be pivoting, so we need to kind of have a reminder on the hustle. And the hustle can be DJ gigs, online gigs, or really, you know, a job. So hearing somebody lay this all out on how to go about it and avoid a very simple mistake that we all might do or have done is like, okay, thank you for that. Because... We, Lord knows we need to kind of like fine tune our entrepreneurial skills in the year 2020. The main thing that is like, if I was going to give one piece of advice to anybody that's actually trying to get involved in, you know, a place that's really doing its thing and you want to be a part of that and, and capitalize on that opportunity, don't ever, ever hit somebody up without examples of your shit. Like that is the thing that just blows me away more than anything. Like I've gotten emails that are three paragraphs long that say nothing or refer nothing to the actual music that you play. No mix examples, no links in your emails or anything, dude. Like there's literally no evidence except you just talking about how much impact you might be able to have or how like blah, blah, blah. And like I'm really, you know, this and that. It's like really... You just imagine what anyone that's trying to hire somebody for like an actual professional job, like what they have to look for in a resume or, or a pitch or a cover letter or whatever it is. And if you actually try to apply for a job in that way with literally no examples of your work in, a, in any sort of way, like you're just going to get laughed out. And I see that more often than anything. And that's just crazy. 
Oh man, I love that segment with Plattern because it reminds me of like my old knucklehead DJ ways. And I think it's going to happen again because we're all in this kind of, you know, unsure territory. But it just gave me a reminder of how I would hit up DJs and promoters on like the MySpace or early Twitter era or email and be like, hey, let me come to your party. I have never gone to the party, just like know it because it's popping, which is a lot of, you know, very similar to when Plattern talked about someone sending three paragraphs in an email, which is like super long for anybody to read nowadays and attaching no links or nothing else. So I don't know. It just, again, as I think about early days of Twitter, I can't help but think about early days of Twitch. And also we're going to, you know, go back to like DJing gigs again, hopefully sooner than later. We're all going to be kind of like back at square zero. Like, am I have to kind of like, you know, I think of, oh shit, my residency gig, I may not have the residency. I'm have to kind of like reintroduce myself to the owners or to the booker all over again. And that's some real scary shit. But to hear somebody kind of like remind us like, yo, go back to how you used to do it. Like be really on top of your game. It's like, all right, I may be unsure, but at least I know better not to do these mistakes all over again. And there you have it, the season three recap. Shout out to all our guests who came through and just hung out with us and, and shared game. It was brief, unfortunately. But it was still an awesome season. Next season, though, season four is like ready to go. It's boiling. It's it's just right there. We're about to drop it anytime soon. We actually have uh, one more guest to do. And since we're in you know new territory with DJs, we're actually going to focus on a lot of DJs that are online, specifically Twitch. So um, yeah, I think it might be our most current of the time season yet. And it might be I don't know. Might be my favorite. This is really good. And also just kind of connecting with people in these times is actually a little more special than usual. So as always, like, share, subscribe, opening set. Find us, like I said, on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music. Find me, King Most, on Instagram under Hey King Most, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and Twitch under Hey King Most. My brother, my dude, John Reyes, under, uh, what do you got, Stank Palmer on the Twitch. John Reyes on the Bandcamp, but Stank Palmer everywhere else. All right, there you go. Opening set. We love you. Thank you for hanging with us, and we'll see you very, very soon. And please, please take care of yourself. Wash your hands. Stay indoors. Fill out your census. Register to vote. And, of course, vote. All right, peace.